if I'm spending from my assets and, and the market is down, I'm going to have to sell some principal to meet my spending goal or sell off more shares to, to meet my spending goal. And then that money's now gone. So even if the overall market recovers at that point, my portfolio is not going to recover. And I'm sort of digging a hole for my portfolio where it may never get to recover like the overall market. This is Better Wealth with Caleb Williams. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Better Wealth Podcast. In today's episode, I'm going to talk about the 4% rule, sequence risk loss, and why the 4% rule might be too aggressive. And, and really, the, the reason I'm doing this is I'm seeing so many people not have the end in mind as it relates to investing and saving. And if you ask people, why are you putting your money in a 401k or why are you putting your money in your IRA? Why are you saving and investing to begin with? They would say, well, I want to retire someday, which essentially means I want to retire, not work, and take out income. So shouldn't we want to plan to maximize income from day one? And what's shocking is a lot of people, um, you know, maybe no fault of their own, are not helping their clients think with the end in mind. So these are some of the things that I'm, I'm learning. I'm, I have the pleasure of being friends with some of the leading experts in this industry. And so what I wanted to do is just compile um, some good resources, highlight the problem, and then in a future episode, I'll talk about some approaches that you can do knowing that the 4% rule may be too aggressive. So Bill Bangin's, um study that he did in October 1994, which I just want to point out that that's, that was before I was born. <laughs> that was a while ago. Um, and he pretty much laid out that the 4% rule is this concept where if you look back, I'm trying to remember what the time period, uh, uh, the uh, 1966 retiree, um, and if you if you take out 4% of assets over 30 years, there's no way that he, this person would run out of money. And you look at all the, the simulations, good and bad, if you just look at his, the historical uh, numbers. And, and so, by the way, that was a portfolio of a 50-50 asset allocation as it relates to stocks and bonds. And so a lot of times that's what people say. It's like, okay, if you have a million dollars at retirement, you can take out 4% and you have a pretty good chance of not running out of money. What Dr. Wade Fall has done He's just highlighted that that may or may not be a good approach depending on where you are, depending on what the first couple of years of retirement look like. And a great tool to look at is the Retirement Nest Egg Calculator by Vanguard. It's a free tool and it just lets you, you know, run a ton of different situations. And so, for instance, I just put a million dollars. I put out, I'm going to take 4% out of savings over the next 30 years. I, I ran a, a simulation where it does 100,000 simulations of all the good and bad. And it says that I have a 10% chance of running out of money, like running out of capital over that 30-year time period. For some people, they're like, I'm totally cool with that. And for others, people are like, wow, that I do not want to run out of money in retirement. It's just something to know. The other thing I'll say is there are many strategies that if you have, if you know this, you can plan today to up that, create more certainty, create more uh, cash flow in retirement. So what I'm doing is I'm going to play a clip or a couple clips from Dr. Wade Fowle in my interview with him. If you want to check out the full episode, you can check out uh, the link below. Uh, but he is a leading researcher when it comes to income planning, when it comes to distribution planning. And he has got a, a, a ton of de designations and is very, very much looked at as a leader in this industry. His website is retirementresearcher.com. And if you're interested in this, go check him out, support what he's doing, get his books. Um, but he, he just has a phenomenal segment where he talks about sequence risk loss and also the 4% rule. And he kind of gives his opinion on it. 
And then I also threw in a clip, a bonus clip of Jason Sanger, and he is the founder of Wealth Building Cornerstones and his whole philosophy. It's, it's a company, it's a software with a lot of academic research backing it. And he just shows people the importance of two economic powers. You not only need to grow your money, but you need to understand distribution and they're better together. And he talks about why the 4% rule might be a little aggressive as well. And so I'm adding that to adding that for you. If you want to learn more about our company and our approach to things, you can check us out at betterwealth.com. If you want to check out some of the highlights of the, all the podcasts that I've done, you can go to betterwealthpodcast.com. Without further ado, here might hear a few clips from Dr. Wade Fowl and Jason Sanger. Yeah, so the sequence of returns risk, it's something that's going to amplify investment volatility. And it's just this idea that if I'm spending from my assets and the market is down, I'm going to have to sell some principal to meet my spending goal or sell off more shares to, to meet my spending goal. And then that money's now gone. So even if the overall market recovers at that point, my portfolio is not going to recover. And I'm sort of digging a hole for my portfolio where it may never get to recover like the overall market. And it, so it makes the market returns really in the first five or 10 years of retirement drive the full retirement outcome, even if you're talking about a 30 year long retirement. It doesn't matter what the markets are doing in years 20 to 30. It matters what the markets are doing in years zero to five, or well, especially, but zero to 10. Once you get past around year 10 of retirement, the, the importance of the market returns is a lot lower. You can see that with like the 4% rule, because if anyone who's comfortable doing a little math about that. So if I am, have a million dollars and take out $40,000 a year after inflation for 30 years, the, the rate of return that makes that work is a 1.3% real return. But the markets averaged 4.2% compounding growth after inflation during that 30 year period. And even the simple average 4.7% after inflation but when you account for that volatility, 4.2% after inflation. So if I had just put a dollar in the market in 1966 and let it grow for 30 years, it would have grown at 4.2% real. But if I retired in 1966 and I started spending from my assets, I only got to experience a 1.3% real return. And that's because I, I'm taking distributions uh, in that historical period after 1982, markets do great, and that pulls up the average, but it's too late for the retiree who has been spending since 1966. Their portfolio was too decimated by 1982 that they don't enjoy that market recovery. Their retirement, they got a much worse outcome than the market returns would have implied over their retirement period. And, and that, that's what sequence of returns risk does. It makes you more vulnerable to market volatility. And if that did not make sense, go back and listen, listen to that answer again, because that quite frankly was one of the best, you know, one minute spiel on sequence risk loss. And just, and just, you, you went over just over a period of time that you would think you would have, you could, you, you could make the assumption that, I, oh, I could easily spend 4% and be ahead. Whereas that's not the reality because we're playing by different rules. So, so thank you so much for breaking that down. I, I uh, really, really appreciate that. A lot of people are throwing out this term, the 4% rule. Now, <laughs> this is how I've heard it explained, and I want to I wanna get it from the expert himself. But if you had a million dollars in a portfolio, the 4% rule would say that you could safely save or safely take out income of $40,000 a year 
and, and have a good chance of having some kind of assets over the next 30 years. Is, is, that, is that true or is, is there something with inflation that's adjusted to that? Mm-hmm. Like, can you explain the 4% rule? And, and then it's, I've also read in your research that the 4% rule might be too aggressive. And so I just want to get, get it right from, from, from your mouth, mm-hmm. how we can understand a safe withdrawal rate. Yeah, so you, you basically explained it right. It is There is inflation adjustments built into that. So you take out the $40,000 from a million dollars in the first year. And then in each subsequent year, you can increase the spending by what the consumer price index did the year before. And it was based on a 30-year time horizon. So in all the different 30-year periods we had in, in the U.S. historical data, if you had a and another thing about it is it assumes you have 50 to 75% stocks in retirement. So it needs an aggressive asset allocation. But if you did that, you could have expected your money to last for at least 30 years. And that's how long it lasted in the worst case scenario. In any other retirement year, you could have still had money left after 30 years using that 4% rule. And so just to clarify, so in year two, if, if the, you know, the index you know, the, the inflationary index went up 2%, your 40,000 would be 40,000 plus 2% ad- mm-hmm. additionally to that. Yeah, so 40,800. Um, okay. okay. And then there's, and, and so in your research was 4%, like, because I know that you've also, you've sort of bumped that down in a traditional, typical portfolio to, to less than 4%. Mm-hmm. So, and the reason for that is the 4% rule, it was, well, Bill Bengen, who's a financial advisor, he's retired now, but he was, he was actually correcting a big problem. He was noting that people would say, well, the stock market's earned 7% after inflation. So let's just plug 7% in a spreadsheet. And then it looks like every year my portfolio grows 7%. I can take 7% out. It's a safe withdrawal rate. I'll never dip into my principal or anything. And he just recognized that was ridiculous. Yeah. So he, the way he started to explore that was he, he got a hold of U.S. historical data. He had it back to 1926. And, and so he said, well, what if I got the market returns that we actually experienced from 1926 through 1955, and then from 1927 through 1956, and, and so on and so on? How much could I have spent if I had retired at the start of each of those periods and got the market returns for the next 30 years? And that worst case happened if I got in the market returns from 1966 to 1995. That's when I could have just spent 4% with a portfolio of about 50 to 75% stocks. And so that, I mean, the issue is we're now really in uncharted waters because interest rates matter, stock market valuations matter. And in the historical data, we never saw conditions like what we have today. In 1941, the 10-year treasury yield dropped slightly below 2%. And that was the lowest interest rates had ever gotten. Today, the 10-year treasury yield is at 0.7%. And that just means lower returns from bonds in the future. The stock market valuations are also high, as high as they ever were in that historical data where we talk about, well, the 4% rule worked based on the 30 years of history there. So we now have the high valuations, and this is more controversial, but the idea is when valuations are higher, it suggests lower stock returns in the future. And we have low interest rates at the same time. Those never happened at the same time before. Low interest rates, not controversial. It means lower bond returns in the future. And so it just puts that 4% rule, even though it worked in the worst case scenario from U.S. history, 
it's under a lot more pressure today than it ever was in the past. And that was also what started me down this whole track was just that international experience of the 4% rule that with a 50-50 allocation around the world, it worked about two thirds of the time rather than 100% of the time. And so I, I just think it's under a lot more strain than people tend to believe just based on that the idea is, well, it always worked in US history, so it should be fine in the future. But I, I think there's more to the story than that. Yeah, 100%. I mean, history, history can tell us a lot, but, but we also are, and you, you mentioned two things, interest rates being super low. You also touched on stock prices. And at the time of this recording, like, I don't personally fully understand it. I, I haven't really talked to anyone that does, but like, I want to know, number one, I, I think sometimes in, in our world, we're always taught that the market just always goes up. Okay. And, and I think there's, I think history has showed like the market has gone up, but I look at right now and I look at where our economy's at and I look at the housing market just booming and I look at the market being high, but then I look at like amount of people that are out of work and the amount of uncertainty. And I, and I, I wonder, it's like, can we keep this up for the next hundred years? And, and again, I'm not an expert. I'm asking you this. It's just like, it's hard for me to imagine plugging in the 8% or the, the S&P does 10%. It's just like, I, I wonder if that's going to be malpractice in the future of just like making that assumption and putting that into a financial plan. Right. And like, I don't like predicting what the markets are going to do. And I know that's not what you're asking either, but it's just, no, to be, to develop a conservative retirement plan today, you do want to use a more conservative return assumption just because of all these issues. You don't want to assume that the stock market's going to average, like I hear 12% thrown out sometimes, which is a misunderstanding of the historical data, but even there's one way to see in the historical data that it was a 12% average return. But it's really difficult to think that something like that can continue from this point forward. And so if you're retiring today, it just makes sense to, to build in a more conservative projection for your retirement plan and to assume market returns will be less than they were historically, at least on average. If the accumulation power is, if you try to use that for distribution, and you don't know the returns you're going to get on money while you have invested money. And as you're starting to draw your income in retirement, you end up having to use a probability based retirement income where you can run out of money. And that establishes a withdrawal rate that you might be able to sustain or might not between two and 4% off of the assets you have accumulated. Which I, I so, want to stop you there. That, that's essentially saying if you have a million dollars and you don't have any distribution strategy and you want to have some kind of good chance of not running out of money over the next 30 years, you're anywhere from, you're saying two to 4% distribution? Yeah. And depending on the time frame you retire in and the interest rate environment, that a 3% income rate can carry with it a 20% chance of failure, meaning you can still run out of money in 30 years or 35 years on a 20% chance. So in, that translates to if all you are doing, what, what's helped you get up the mountain, which may be a 401k, IRA, the, the, the market in general, we're, you're saying if you have a million dollars, you could if you take out three percent and whatever adjust for inflation, we're 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 around thirty thousand dollars, and there's not even a guaranteed chance that it's going to last. I think a lot of people just wake up and they're like, "Wait, you're telling me I, I have a million dollars? I have the American dream, but it doesn't give me a fraction of what I thought I was going to get." It is that's that's a common response that at least I get, and I think you get as well. 
And so what you're saying is you need to not only have a good accumulation, but you need an income distribution strategy as well. Thank you so much for listening to the Better Wealth Podcast. It would mean the world to me if you could hit subscribe, leave a review, and share this with the people that you know and love.